Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! That's the only reason why I was thinking leather seats. It's not like I'm trying to be like super bougie. It's yes, just. Yes, you are. Admit it. I want to be bougie. I want to be a boozy bitch. A bo- you're already a boozy bitch. How about a bougie bitch? Bougie <laughs> bitch. I want to be high maintenance, damn it. Well, Sick you, of settling. If you get a chance to do it, do it. That's what I say. Stop fondling your microphone, dear. The only thing I'm allowed to fondle. Leave me alone. <laughs> Keith looks up. Did I? Did someone say fondle? I'm just wondering who gave you that mandate that you can only fondle microphones. I mean, unless somebody's buying me an alien penis. Yeah. Dude, seriously. I mean, I have seen I have seen some big old blue ones that are supposed to replicate the ice planet barbarians. Oh, they have that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen those. But I honestly, in my wildest dreams slash fantasy slash imagination ever thought about an ovipositor for sexual pleasure a penis that shoots eggs well it's not actually it's not a penis it's an ovipositor which is like a it's like it's like i don't even know what you'd call it a phallic protrusion i thought it was interesting that you knew the terminology was that what it was called on the website because i didn't even uh i didn't even look at that i knew that already but it might have been on there how do you know that already? Dude, it, because Martha's is into all that stinky shit. No, it's science fiction. There's a lot of not necessarily sexual things that happen in science fiction, but there's an awful lot of bizarre animals and that sort of thing. I don't yeah, it's never occurred to me that they would just lay eggs in you. Like I've always I don't know, I just assumed all the aliens would have sperm. Because now I'm, what is it called when like you're, I don't know, I'm not, I guess I'm racist against are you, aliens. Are you rethinking your entire sexy dinosaur you, stuff? Or? I've read a lot of kinks and I didn't know that that one existed. Um, <laughs> it is totally not my jam at all, but... <laughs> Wow, more power to you because it must be a lot of people. Because it's like all this company makes is uh, like yeah. weird egg depositing dildo-y thing. Yes, and they're actually, the egg is like a, in, in case you accidentally get it lodged up your hoo-ha, it will eventually dissolve. Yeah. It's made a gelatin. Yeah. But you got to think that that's going to cause some kind of infection. I mean, damn. The gelatin thing creeps me out too because I mean. I'm not shooting jello at my woohoo. Yeah. Are you just sitting there like during the day and it's just seeping out of you? <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you wear like a pad for oh that? Oh my God. This whole what, thing. What is flavor just... is that? Maybe it's a new place that you could store your lunch. Maybe it's like, gummy. Oh, damn. It's probably not like jello. It's that unflavored gelatin. Oh, like and that, that stuff smells shit. so fucking bad. And that. Sort of like ballistic gel. Ballistic gel smells disgusting. I mean, you could flavor it and there you go. 
I mean, it's good that it's for his and her gelatin. pleasure. Ew, I don't want uh, it flavored. Uh, uh, the flavoring is probably what gets you. Like that would cause infection. Yeah, you wouldn't want to put that up there either. Well, they have like the flavored lube and whatnot. Yeah. So did you the watch difference? the guy trying to put them in? Like it was hard for this big old dude to like shove those eggs into the base. And I've been thinking since I watched that video. <laughs> just how do they Maybe get in there because... like seriously no one has muscles like that to make them just come out of that thing and into it yeah, yeah because it's not like you know there's not spring-loaded or something you have to there like, will push be it out with your there will be document there will be um accompanying accompanying videos video. yeah we need to put the video on Facebook. for you to understand where because really unless you're into having alien eggs pumped into your vagina you might not know this thing exists but it does yes. well i mean i didn't until you guys started I, talking about I it i didn't I well, was... it was so weird it, i mean i i am in a lot of smut book groups and it was in and that's always how it is too it was in like every one of them um like that was the big thing this week and and dude these are some dirty bitches and woohoo <laughs> i love it but everybody We're like, just seemed a little fuck? like, huh? Like, huh? That's, oh, <laughs> like, but yay for you. But everybody was like, um, no. But that's all this even, company makes. It doesn't even look sexy. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. When look. you shoot out the egg, it has all this slime on it. It's like alien or something. I mean, it just totally... So the movie Alien, does it have these things in it? Like, do you see them? Because I feel like at one point, Pat was like, okay, it says that this is from that movie and that's not at all what it looked like. And I was like, how do we even know this thing? Like, how do we even know this? I, I, I think I have Mr. seen, today. it feels like to me that I have seen that effect in a movie somewhere. Now, Pat says... <laughs> Pat says you wouldn't put the ovipositor in your vagina. You would put it in your mouth and egg would go down your throat, which. But then you'd breed something in your stomach. Uh-huh. That's, oh, that's the how the movie Alien out. worked. Huh? I don't know. I, I. They exploded out of their stomach, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they I, did. I've only I mean, seen that movie once, so I'm like trying to recall. I don't remember that part of it at all. It's been a really long time ago. But Pat. Pat insists that that is the way of things. She is dealing this week with her escape room that she wrote for Stage 3 and Casper. And Megan's birthday is today. So Happy birthday, Megan. Happy birthday, Happy Megan. Birthday. We're going to get you some slimy eggs for your birthday. Oh, my Yay. God. She would freaking... I, I don't know that she could handle that on... Well, we won't get the her the chicken-sized of... ones. We'll get her, like, the marble-sized ones. Yeah. I, you know what the first thing was I thought of? I thought of... Did, did you ever see Brickleberry? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I don't watch much of it. Well, there's this... I thought it was freaking hilarious. There's this, one, at, there's this one episode where Connie, who's kind of a closeted, semi-closeted lesbian character, she gets fired for some reason. I don't remember what. So she needs to get a job. So she becomes a stripper whose specialty is bowling with her vagina. So she shoots bowling balls out of her vagina. Wow. At, at speed. Yeah. That's some muscle. And action. for some reason, 
that was the immediate thing that came to my mind. Like, you know, if you had good muscles, you could shoot those babies as long as they weren't too big. You could (laughs) put an eye out or something. Home defense. Can you imagine? New line of home defense. Can you imagine a murder weapon? You know, you'd have a, you'd have a, uh, maybe a weapon buried in the gel. The cops would come to investigate. Why is there, why is there melted gelatin? Yeah, they wouldn't be able to figure it out, dude. God, what a great, oh, somebody needs to write that. Keith's not convinced. It wouldn't hit anyone. I just thought it was funny that you're like, someone needs to write that. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't know how believable that would be. Oh, come on. If they make it, people will fucking try to kill somebody Not with it. Not saying that somebody would try to kill somebody with it, but how do you kill somebody with jello? Well, you put a weapon in it. Maybe it's poison. I don't know. So you're going to shoot poisonous gelatin eggs out of your vajayjay? <laughs> that's... <laughs> now that's a trick I want to see, damn it. I don't know. I'm making this up on the fly. On the end of it is like a little blow dart. Yeah. Yeah. Like as soon as the pressure of it being squirted out comes, it just explodes. Bonnie, why do you have a a trio of poisonous frogs in your bedroom? Oh, you know. Just a little lick and tickle. Little. Toad licking. Get it? (laughs) You put a little note on the end of it. It says, thank you. Please come again. (laughs) All I want is like to be able to not like pee when I sneeze. And I'm like imagining these women who like can shoot things out of there. And I'm like, wow, your Kegel muscles are way better than mine. Like all I'm saying, all I'm saying, ladies, is that some of us have never had children and have not ruined our pelvic muscle. As you age, like, I don't know. Dude, I know you you shoot things out of your vagina, Martha. Well, if I know if it's my bladder's not totally full, I could do it. Holy fuck. I mean, I only pee when I sneeze if I, my bladder's really, really full. Or if somebody startles me and my bladder's full, I pee. In fact, a guy- What about works- if somebody says something really funny? No, no. I'm it's- usually, I'm in control of that. Oh, because you're like a tin-hearted thing? Yes, <laughs> that's part of it. Yes. <laughs> Just call me the Tin Man. Yeah, I feel like before I had kids, like when I would go out and get drunk, like that was a constant thing. You know what I mean? Like, do not say something that funny. I will pee. Oh, pee right on you. Like, no, that was not the case for me. I've always had very good control, not bowling kind of control. No bowling balls. No, maybe just some grapes. Bowling balls are heavy and they are large. Yeah, they are. I'm sorry, but no. No. I can't even, no. that that's death. Yeah. I think it would have to be something with the right weight and consistency. A jade egg, maybe. I could hurt somebody. Eggs are kind of big. Well, if it wasn't a huge one, you know, like well, I know, maybe a small one. but all I'm one. saying is one time I tried to buy some. You tried to shove a, you tried to shove an egg up your vagina? <laughs> Yeah, I tried to shove an egg up my vagina. You know, purely to save for it for later. Reasons. Save it for later. But, you know, forgot my uh, lunch bag that day. And uh, 
And it wasn't that it didn't stay put. I could walk around and stuff, but it was super uncomfortable because it, you could tell that you had a freaking Benoit balls up there in your vagina. Yeah. I I've never see. I thought it felt like it was all what it was like always on the verge of coming out. So I'd be afraid that I would be somewhere like in the grocery store or something. And then you'd move weird. (laughs) And then this little ball, like, like would fall out of your pant leg. And what do you do then? Like, you're like, huh. Where'd that you'd, come from? You'd like, sneeze and you'd be like, oh, my egg, damn it. <laughs> you just kind of turn away and put your hand aside of your uh, face, pretending that you don't know the person that just did that. <laughs> you turn Tell around you and what. walk the other way, kind of like when you fart going down the aisle. Oh, so <laughs> basically like, all oh. you have to do is take your emotional support animal into the grocery store with you and blame <laughs> it on your dog. <laughs> Make I've your always su- thought it was- support animal a chicken. <laughs> I've always thought, who on earth are all these people who can mule drugs, like up their hoo-ha and up their butt and stuff? But now I'm starting to think, like, holy crap, this whole egg thing could revolutionize that industry. You put a bunch of gelatin around it. When they ask you, they're like, hey, you're walking funny. Can we do a search? You just say, you know, I have this weird medical condition where I have to walk around with alien fake eggs like it's and then you pull and and then you pull the thing out of your luggage and squirt an egg just to show them what it looks like and they'll go dude (laughs) hands up in the air walking away okay go right ahead (laughs) ma'am no i think that would get you put in airport jail they'd be like what are you doing right now (laughs) we have to analyze this thing oh my god this looks like a weapon think you need to go on into that full body scanner we need to see what other kind of eggs you got going on in there (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i don't suppose we have any alien books to go with this fantastic conversation today do we and i I don't well you know i don't damn it this would have been a perfect opportunity (gasps) keith has ice planet barbarians in her hand too bad we've already (laughs) done that one I'm, yeah, I know. I was like, that's <laughs> the only alien book I have like that. I'm meeting that author in June. Really? And I'm like, I, I might have to be like, dude, did you know that there's like a thing? Like you could you could sell it on your website. You could get into partnership with these guys. Do it. Do it. Talk to her about it. <laughs> she might give you a cut. Speaking of which, if we can find the link... <laughs> We'll put it up on our Facebook page. So if you could, if you're going to be weird and kinky and buy one, at least we can profit. Dude, seriously, like if anybody buys one for any we reason, we need to know I about this. See that motherfucker. Yes, we need to know. We don't need minds. pictures or videos. We no, just are no, God, no. Curious about? Yeah, the- we don't. I won't judge. I mean, I, I, I kind of wish that was my thing because I'm fascinated. But yeah, nothing about that. Sm- yell sexy times yeah to me. no same no i mean like, i've hey, i've had a lot I of think we- the gelatin weird... is really creeping me out yeah i've had a lot of weird thoughts in my days but that has never been one of them even after i hey. learned about it i was like could i d-? no <laughs> no <laughs> no it's not all that sexy to have eggs have somebody lay eggs in you yeah that's not yeah. sexy at all i mean i'm not a seahorse <laughs> You don't need to lay eggs in my belly. 
Well, there is no transition in the universe that, that is going to work for this. So maybe we should just <laughs> do a little transition of a cold variety, which means straight from alien sex into historical fiction. I'm assuming you're doing historical fiction. I was just going to say, you don't know yes. she's doing historical. Obviously, I'm doing historical fiction. <laughs> it's definitely does, has nothing to do with aliens, eggs, or gelatin. Sorry, people. Surprise. Because that was so prevalent in historical. Yeah, it's just what's never talked about. That's what it is. Right. Because that's that's what they did during World War II. It was a major stigma. In their downtime. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Should we move to some historical fiction instead of hysterical (laughs) fiction? Oh, that was good. (laughs) The truth is stranger than fiction in this particular case. but I read... Sisters in Arms by uh, Kaya Alderson. That's K-A-I-A Alderson. And I think this might be a debut novel for her. I don't know if she's written any since then. I didn't really look that far into it. But it is about the 6888, the only all-Black battalion of the Women's Army Corps during World War II. And this was something new that they just started during World War II, the Women's Army Corps. And the two main characters in it is Grace Steele and Eliza Jones. Both of them are from New York, from completely different backgrounds. Uh, Grace is a piano genius, prodigy, a child of music. I don't know what you call it. And she actually goes to try out for Juilliard because she's trying to get into Juilliard. And she totally chokes during her audition. And when she's getting on the bus to go home, knowing that her parents are going to be super disappointed that she like did so badly during her audition, sees the signs and everything and posters for this women's army corps. And they're looking for officers. So she decides that she just go check it out. And she signs up for this without really knowing very much about it, without talking to her parents, nothing. Because all because she was so disappointed about not getting into Juilliard. Grace is kind of not just a shy individual. She's a little bit snobby and has very little patience for people. She reminds me a lot of people that I've known in real life. (laughs) Where she's just like, get away from me. That's enough. Her family isn't very rich. She's definitely middle class, maybe a little bit lower middle class. Dad works on the railroad and uh, her mom is very judgmental. Her mom is one of those kind of really tough women to read. And when Grace like tells her mom that she's joining this um, army corps, her mom just says, you're not going to like it. You're never going to make it. And she doesn't want her to go. And then she says, oh, wait, I forgot they're going to make you run. So there's no way that you're ever even going to make it into the core. You're never going to make it through basic training. So she's just not even worried about it. She's like, you're not going to like it. You're going to quit. Whatever. Thanks for being so supportive, mommy. Yeah. So not supportive. And then on the other side of it, you have Elijah, who's an extremely outgoing person, very opinionated. Her dad is a journalist for a black newspaper 
in New York and Eliza works at the newspaper and, and actually writes articles for the newspaper. And because she's female, of course, she doesn't get recognition. And her dad took one of her articles that she wrote that was good. I can't remember what it was about, but it was something more important. It wasn't just, you know, fluff work and published it in the newspaper and put his name on it instead of hers. And what she was she was mad about that. And that's what made her go down and decide to join this um, women's army corps. And Grace and Elijah meet each other down where you sign up the for the WAC unit. And they immediately don't get along. Mm. They're very different people. Grace kind of insults her a little bit. <laughs> Elijah is just, Eliza, sorry, is just kind of annoying with her outgoingness and annoys Grace. And Grace is like thinking, wow, this chick. (laughs) um, But they both join and they both get in. Of course, Elijah's parents aren't very supportive of her either, a little more than Grace's parents. But they basically are like, you know, you're going to run into all these problems. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I told you so. (laughs) Basically. So Grace and Eliza kind of get thrown together a lot. Like um, they go to get on the train to go to, I think it was Iowa is where they do their basic training. And um, Eliza's not there. And Grace has a train car to herself. And she's happy about that. She's like, you know, just glad that I'm not thrown in with a stranger, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then Eliza shows up right as the train is leaving. And lo and behold, guess who Grace is bunked with? (laughs) Eliza. And as soon as she comes in, she sits down on the bottom bunk, which Grace has already claimed, has her stuff all spread out and looks at Grace and says, do you mind taking the top bunk? (laughs) And Grace is like, no. And it's just, they have one of those kind of friendships and eventually they do kind of get used to each other and end up being friends, but it's definitely a rocky start. Um, They get to basic training and despite what they're told, they're segregated into from black and white. And they told them when they signed up that there was no segregation in the army. Well, that was not true at all. They were just trying to get them on the train, obviously. So Eliza and Grace and some other girls that are black are all uh, grouped together in the same battalion. And there's a lot of prejudice. You definitely see a lot of prejudice. Like, for example, um, one girl, a white girl who's trying to get off the train and she's carrying stuff. And she's having a hard time and she drops something and Grace goes over and picks it up and gives it to her. And the girl just like, you know, it's like, get away from me. Why are you touching my stuff? And grabs it away from her. And in the process drops everything else that she's carrying because she's so busy being prejudiced against Grace trying to help her that, you know, it's just so in your face that it's ridiculous. And of course they get through basic training. They go... They have a lot of different bumps along the way. 
which you can read about. Uh, they both make it through and assign different things. And uh, then there's like a push to get together part of the whack to send them overseas, like to England and France and stuff. And of course, guess who gets put together in the same battalion to go overseas? Grace and Eliza <laughs> again. And that's basically what it's about. It's about just not only the prejudices that they stand against being women, but also the prejudice that they stand against being black women, um, especially like overseas. There's this nice couple that invites them over for tea and dinner and everything. And they keep them there, like telling these stories and showing these pictures that they would have no interest in. And the whole reason was, is because some of the, the men from another army battalion tell these women that the black girls have tales that come out only after midnight. So they're trying to keep them there after, until after midnight to see if they really have tales. Dear God. Yeah, it's just stupid stuff like that. And it's interesting to hear about their journey and what good they did overseas. Just reading about the in-your-face racism that happened to them helps you be more aware of the history and why it's important not to make the same mistakes as we did in the past. But also it's a good story about both of them kind of having to grow up a little and change their ways of thinking and to be able to make it through this black women's army corps. It, it was pretty interesting. It's a true story. Uh, I think it is a little bedazzled, like especially <laughs> some parts, like one of them talks back to a corporal and just from knowing people in the army, because my dad's military, you don't do that. You talk right. back to a corporal like that and you're court-martialed. You just, you don't do it. It doesn't matter if it's wrong. It doesn't matter that they're being racist. You just, you can't do that. And there's a little bit of that. So I don't know how stretched that truth was. Now, do I believe that a corporal in the army was racist? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah right. for sure. <laughs> but for somebody who's so far down the ranks to talk back to an officer like that, I just, I don't know if that rings totally true, but it was a good book. It was well-written. Um, it did take me a little bit to get into it. it has kind of a slow start, but a lot of that's just because it's like background. It's trying to get you to know where these two main characters came from and their personalities. But it was, it was a pretty good read. It was short. It was only like seven hours. It didn't have a whole lot of fact-based history. So it was not like reading a textbook. If you like your historical fiction, that's more story-based than just a bunch of facts. This would definitely be for you. And it was, it was a pretty good read. I definitely would give it a four, maybe a four and a half. The, the parts that didn't really ring true in my ears is the only reason that I would maybe give it a half a point to a point less, but it was good. I still enjoyed it and I would recommend it to people. I would recommend it to somebody. And that again is called Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson. 
Excellent. And I'm sorry, it was 11 hours, not seven hours. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a difference. I have that mixed up with the one that I'm reading now that I just finished on Friday. <laughs> 349 pages for those of you who don't speak audible um, time. <laughs> and it, and I always it, look because I'm like, and technically, okay, I know that 11 hours isn't a lot, but it's some. And technically, that's on regular speed. Yeah. Oh, you don't listen to it fast, faster? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. But what I'm fast. saying oh, okay. is, is if you say it, it's a book that <clears throat> takes seven hours, they're basing that on regular speed. So it'll I take always me. just thought when Vonnie said that she was telling us how long it took her. And I always just no. assumed she was listening to it fast. Okay. Well, now, that's, that's how long it actually is. Now, I listened to it about nine hours because I listened to it at uh, I think 1.5 is what I listened to that one. There's a little bit of slang in it, and the slang is a little bit harder at faster speeds. Mm -hmm. And so I had to slow it down a little bit. But not a bad read. Not a bad read at all. I enjoyed it. I didn't stop it. Didn't have to start it a second time because I wasn't paying attention. That's yeah. always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> There are times when I do that where it, if it's something that is like, I don't know, unfamiliar and I'm trying to just power through it so that I can find a rhythm and I find my mind wandering, I'll turn it up, <clears throat> the speed up a little bit to see if that helps. <laughs> like if my mind mm -hmm. is wandering, cause that usually means I, it's just too slow. Jeez. Yeah, you're bored. Some narrators talk so slow too, though. Yeah. Like when I, when I listened to Gone with the Wind, they talk so slow. I had to turn that up to two because I was falling asleep. I've done a bunch of books at two. Well, I know that's normal for you. No, not normally it, for me. <laughs> no, my, my normal is about one and a half to 1.75, depending on the narrator. Yeah. That's and if it's got, if it's got unfamiliar language or slang in it, I have to slow it down even more. Yeah. So if it's a book I've read before too, a lot of times I'll turn it up because <laughs> yeah. I want to listen to it, but I know the story, so I don't have to pay that much attention so I can turn it up. See, last time I listened to the twilight books, I listened at 1.75. Yeah. See if I'm the exact opposite, if I'm listening to it again, I want it to last because it uh, usually means I'm listening to it at night. So I'll put it all the way down at regular speed. I'll that do way that it lasts. if I'm trying to fall asleep. Exactly. I have yeah. Ken Follett in my ear because, or I mean, uh, who is it? John Lee mm -hmm. that reads Ken Follett's books. Yeah. I'll put him in my ear and turn him on regular speed so I can fall asleep. <laughs> yep. Because he's got such an awesome voice. I'm in love with that guy's voice. If you put him in it even slower, then it sounds like he's trying to seduce you he's through being, the book. Yeah. <laughs> I have some good dreams that night. <laughs> okay. Keith, are you ready to embark on this journey of whatever it is you're going to tell us? Yeah, it's not alien penises that shoot eggs or or whatever you call them what are the, what what's the word for them oh, Clo the cloaca no over ovipositor ovaflinkalanka is oh, what ova i'm calling them now <laughs> is that a german term <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a farfagnugan esperanto 
So the book I read this week is called Misfit by L. Kennedy. And this is the first book in a series and it's not finished. So, I mean, usually I'm a real stickler about that, but this time I got involved before I realized. I got involved. Never get involved. I know. I, I couldn't help it. I really like this author and I was like, oh, it won't be so bad. But, and I mean, it's a great, series but for those of you who do not like waiting for the next book maybe hold off for a while <laughs> well this book starts and it's about uh, a boy named rj our book opens and he has just been expelled from his public school because he uh wanted hit he's the kind of kid that's really bored in school because he's a genius and so he doesn't do super well, like he gets by with C's and he, so he hacked into the computer system at his school and gave himself better grades and got caught. <laughs> so you hear he's, that so often so, that is, so, and you know, it happens. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I know it happens. <laughs> Cause um, you have a hacker in your family. You would know. Sure do. <laughs> So he, so he is between public schools right now and it's the, and it's the summer and he's going into a senior year and our book opens and he is at a wedding and he is super pissed because it is his mother's wedding. And this is the first time he has ever met the new stepfather or the new stepbrother. Um, his mom is a flight attendant and she works in first class and she met this very rich, very eligible bachelor and uh, had a whirlwind romance and they ha have gotten married in like a, not like in Vegas, but it's almost like a Vegas kind of situation where they've just got one guy taking care of the whole thing. And the only people that are witnessing are the two boys. Um, and his new stepbrother, his name is Fennelly. And right away, you're like, what the hell? Fennelly? So you know he's like some rich Come on, fan, right? that's like a, a vegetable. Fennel is a vegetable. Well, we call him Fen, and, oh, okay. and and that's that's better because, yeah, if we had to call him Fennelly the whole book, I probably would be crying a little bit. So Fen is also a juvenile delinquent, and he goes to a special, very rich preparatory academy for high school called Sandover Prep. And it is basically a prep school for boys who have been expelled from other schools. So this school will take in all the delinquent and most, and they're all rich. So, you know, you just know what you're in for. Like, you know, those rich, pretty boys that don't think that laws apply to them and are just pretty much jerks. <laughs> so he in the space of like a week gets a new school he gets a new stepbrother he gets a new family and he's moving to new hampshire to this weird uppity boy school and he i mean his mom has been a flight attendant so he's like this kid of no means and he gives no fucks about anything and his life is hacking so his step brother is trying to get him involved in all the social aspects of this school and it is just not happening 
Uh, but in his quest for solitude, he happens upon, and this is an all boys school. He happens upon this, this girl who's his age. And he immediately is like, okay, this chick is hot. And I, there are no other girls. And immediately he is like, oh, I'm totally getting with this chick. Unfortunately, she is the headmaster of his school's daughter. And even with all these rich kids that don't think rules apply to them, nobody goes for this girl because the headmaster's kids are off limits. So of course, you know right away that that's going to be the romance in the book. And her name is Sloane. And she is this ass kicking, like, take no prisoners, sarcastic, sharp mouthed woman. So right away, you know, he's got his work in for him. But the book series is about the fact that last year at prom, uh, there, as happens at prom, there was a lot of alcohol and somebody was roofing girls. And one of the, and the only girl that we know of that was roofied is, uh, Sloan's little sister, Casey, she's a year younger. So she was a sophomore when this happened. And all we know is that she was found out like on the shore of this lake, her car was submerged and she's drenching wet. She has a head injury and she's unconscious and her friends find her, but she has no recollection of what happened at all or even getting into the car. Um, and it's a year later and she still doesn't have any recollection. So what has happened is everybody in the town, everybody in all the schools in her school, she's actually changed schools because, you know, when you don't have um, an answer to a question, high schoolers tend to make shit up. So they've all decided that she was so they all think she's insane. She like tried to commit suicide by driving into the lake. And so she's having a really hard time in life. So one of the things I really love about this book is that it is many points of view. Like usually in a romance, you'll get the guy's point of view and the girl's point of view maybe, but there is a group of kids that are all somehow involved in this accident that happened. And you go in with no knowledge whatsoever of what's going on. And you're kind of meeting them all for the first time. But because you get all of their points of view, as the book goes on and as the series goes on, uh, characters that you think are, oh, he's this perfectly nice guy. Um, everybody thinks this. You find out slowly all these tidbits about the accident. And as soon as you find out one thing, there are all these other mysteries around it. And it turns out to be this huge mystery that you just keep getting tidbits about. It's my favorite way of like reading a thriller or a mystery or a suspenseful novel is when they give you answers, but you're left with all these other questions and it, and it, just makes me want to devour the book and not put it down because you just keep looking for these and 
you know, you're learning all these things about the other characters and I'm the bitch that is sitting there being like, okay, but what about this? Tell me the answer to this. And they're like, no, 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 you have to wait and we will explain it. And it's probably going to be an eight book series with my luck, but um, (laughs) it's really fascinating to have all these different points of view with all these little tidbits and all these different personalities what you see them doing and how they portray themselves then when you get in their mind you're like oh holy shit so everybody thinks like you're this perfect person and then you're doing this and they don't know this and now i've read a lot of reviews who find it it's like when you watch something one of those mystery shows on netflix and each episode kind of gives you a little bit more I find it really fascinating. I I did see a lot of reviews where people were very confused because the point of view changes so often. And there are probably six or seven characters that they go in between. So, I mean, if you're listening to it on Audible, each chapter, they tell you whose point of view it is. So, but you have to be really careful. I'm even reading it. I had to go back a couple of times because I was like, oh, 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 it's this person, not this other person. So you kind of have to read it a little carefully when you get started until you figure out who's who, because I know that's the, that's the thing I'm the worst at is when there are a whole bunch of characters, I get them confused in my mind at first until I really get to know them. But uh, if multiple like multiple points of view does not bother you. And I know it does some people. Uh, This book is crazy. It is about a high school, but it is definitely not a young adult book because there is smutty stuff in here. So I think I gave it like a two and a half Megan blushes. It's a great series. I'm sad that it's not over and I can't just binge it all at once. But uh, this particular author puts her books out pretty quickly. So that was Misfit by L. Kennedy. Sounds awesome. What did you read, Martha? Uh, alien penises? No, no alien penises in my book either. What? I don't I don't even really have sci-fi. <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Yes, this week I have a book that sort of defies categorization. It's called Liar, Dreamer, Thief by Maria Dong. I'm pretty sure that it is her debut novel, but I'm not 100% sure on that. The main character's name is Katrina Kim. And when we begin our journey with her, she is... She's living in an apartment in a, in a city, and she works as a temp for, it's a medical adjacent company mm-hmm. that's doing tech. So basically, she is, she's a temp, and she's just existing, barely. I think she has $40 in her bank account when we meet her, and she's always late or almost late and of course she can't really afford to be late so she is always jumping through all kinds of hoops to try to get there because she doesn't ever leave her house early enough she's a really super flawed character and by flawed I mean 
<laughs> she would be diagnosed with a mental disorder. And when I first began reading the book, listening to the book, I keep so close to stopping because the whole mental illness thing triggers the shit out of me. I don't like it. I don't like reading about it because it's so, when you grow up with somebody who's like that, it's really hard to go back to that. And right. her, her thing was a lot different than, than what my dad's was. The, she has all of these little things that she has to go through before she can leave her house. She has to draw these little patterns on her door in order to keep her house safe. The line between fantasy and reality is so blurred that she really doesn't know what's what at some points in her life. She read this book when she was young. She's Korean. And when she was young, there was this children's book that was written by a Korean author. And she just sort of glommed onto that because it was the only one of its kind that she had ever come in contact with and just sort of really puts herself in that world that's been created by this author. And so she's always talking about going into the kitchen door world. And she goes into great detail about this kitchen door world. And that's usually where it lost me. I was like, oh my God, here we go again. And <laughs> she, it's very, it's very specific. It has, she, she has a lot of magical thinking. So you know that she's got some issues, some things going on. The reason I stuck with it has more to do with the mystery that ends up capturing her in its clutches. And I'll tell you how it happens. First of all, I should explain that when she goes to work, she is completely obsessed with this guy in her office. And she follows him and she steals stuff from his desk and all this stuff. But the funny thing is, is that she's not heterosexual. So the things that she's obsessed about aren't necessarily relationshipy at all. So that part of it is kind of hard to get your head around because usually when someone is a stalker, they do it because they're in love. Right. But this is not the case at all with her. So you get a lot of the office politics and things like that. This one day is, uh, is particularly triggering to me as a formerly very poor individual with no money in my bank account. You're not sure you're going to have enough gas to get where you're going. You're rushed out of your head because you don't want to lose your job. She gets to the gate of her place of work and can't get in the parking garage because she's forgotten her badge. Oh. So, and she has no money in her bank account. She has $40. So she parks somewhere nearby thinking during her lunch hour, she will go home and get her badge because she can't afford the parking to leave her car there all day. Jeez. So she goes in, barely gets in there on time. The guy at the desk is also Korean. So she knows that he knows that she works there, but yet he won't let her in without her badge. And he's just harassing the shit out of her. And he's a dick. He finally lets her in, gives her her number, her, you know, employee number on a sticky note. She goes up and enters it and it's wrong because she basically had to be mean to him in order to get him to give it to her. Oh. So she gets up there and she can't even log in. So she can't, she can't punch in on time. So the person that sits next to her is kind of nice-ish to her, 
recently there's been a little shakeup in that the girl that used to sit next to her is now has now been moved up and is sitting next to the guy she's obsessed with and is no longer speaking to her for some strange reason she doesn't understand so you've got all of that going on and then she decides that all this stuff is happening to her because she's she 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 isn't in touch with reality. And in order to get back in touch with reality, she has to go to this bridge, which is like the center of her magical thinking. And she has to go there so that she can get things back on track. So on the weekend, she, she, she decides to go there, but it's a little earlier than she usually goes. So she thinks things are going to be off and she's, you're getting this in her head the whole time. Well, she gets there. And there's an accident on the bridge and she looks over and it's the guy she works with. And he comes running past her and throws himself off the bridge. And at that point I'm in, I'm like, okay, all this weird shit was totally worth it. (laughs) So now she's got this, she, she goes to the, she goes to the cops the cops don't believe her because she's had a couple of glasses of wine, even though she blows the breathalyzer and it's not over the legal limit. His car is gone from the fucking bridge. So she can't. She's thinking that she has maybe created some of this because of all of her, you know, magical thinking. And so her quest really is to figure out whether or not she actually saw what she saw. He's never come back to work. She ends up going through his desk and finding his car keys. She calls a private investigator, even though she has no money. And all of these things, as weird as they sound, eventually all fit together. She also, at the same time, has been estranged from her parents because she sort of created this situation in her mind because she dropped out of college and knew her parents were going to be disappointed in her. So she just drives away one day and doesn't tell them where she's going. Well, another part of this story is her roommate is being suspiciously kind about her not paying the rent on time, about... um, her she's really messy she leaves the place just totally trashed her roommates out of town all the time and all the time you're thinking my god something is off about this whole thing well you suspiciously kind oh god i mean (laughs) so the stuff that happens down the line when you find out about why she hasn't been in contact with her parents and all this other stuff the mystery behind this is incredibly well thought out. I think that if if I hadn't gone back and read the description of the book again when I was about halfway through it or however long, it took forever to get into it. But I went back and read it and it kept saying something about a mystery. So I'm like, okay, God damn it. I'm going to stick it out. Totally worth it. The payoff for this thing was fantastic. I wish there would have been a way to really get through that first portion without wanting to just fling the book because that's sort of how I felt in that 
in that beginning section because she was so annoying. The character and her mental stuff was putting me off to an extent that I just couldn't stand it. But it was important. So I get it. I still will not give the book five stars. And the reason why is because it took me so long to become invested. I think if the mystery had maybe come in a little sooner and we had been able to realize that maybe she's not quite as crazy as we thought, that would have been very helpful. Yeah, it stretches the incredulity just a little bit with all of the things that go on in it. But it was so much fun. It was really an enjoyable read. So I think it's categorized. I think it might be categorized as fantasy as well as mystery and some other stuff. I don't know. I don't know how it's categorized, but it's a weird one, friends. So if you're not ready to take a weird journey, then do not pick it up. But if you're patient and you are ready for it, this is going to be fantastic. It's called Liar, Dreamer, Thief, Maria Dong. Cool. We made it all the way through. We did not have any alien-related sex, sex stories. I think, uh, in retrospect, I think we should have waited until we at least had one alien book. <laughs> I, went back, <laughs> I went back and looked through all of my stuff to see if I could find a sci-fi book that I hadn't uh, talked about yet. Mm, nope, not a single one was available that I was willing to <laughs> review. So it was like, okay. There, there was one in there, but I couldn't remember enough about it to to talk about it why is car shopping so difficult and so mind fucking zapture, mind fucking and zaps your energy i feel like i could lay down and take a 12 hour nap right now and i only shop for cars for like two hours it's an emotional journey vani you I have don't to like emotional journeys you bullshit like you don't like emotional journeys if I'm not no, no, no. reading about it and having to live it in my actual life. You know, it, it, it's because you care too much. Well, she has to spend every day with this car. And I, listen, I had my Corolla for, I didn't even realize how long I had it. I bought that car when Tyler was 15. Yeah, you were he's still gonna, living. You were still living in Tuttle. He's going to be 25 this year. I've had that car that long. I'm very committed to my vehicles and I don't want a vehicle that's going to crap out of me in just a couple of years. See, you know what I do? I have a certain number of cars that I know, like if I know the car is going to last, then I go on the internet and I find the car and uh, see, luckily though, we have this place where they have tons and tons of cars and they're all like a little bit used and there's no haggling. So when yeah, you go have- there, you just pay. So I like just figure out what I want, what car I want. And then we drive an hour to get there. And then we just pay what they want. We kind of have a place, easy. a place like that here. And the good thing about the place here is that they have locations all over the place. And um, there's specific states that surround us that they'll deliver it from free. So like if they don't have it on their lot specifically, they can have it shipped in from somewhere else mm-hmm. for free where you don't have to pay. And um, if you don't like it, you still don't have to buy it. Gotcha. So what do you want? 
She wants leather seats and she can't have them. Oh. Oh, I can have them. They just. It, you're just going to have to pay 2000 extra for them. Nandy. Well, if I have to have them put on the car that I pick, I can True. get a different car that has, like, I drove one today that I really liked. And it had leather seats. It had all of the bells and whistles. It had automatic start. It had the, the, where, what, blind spot indicator. I or love whatever. that on my car. So and what stopped you from buying it? Because it's, I don't know, because I'm not buying anything yet until I look at all my options. That's just the thing. Uh, I'm not see? just going to pick the first thing that you throw in my face. Yeah, I would. Totally that doesn't do. surprise me at all, Vonnie. <laughs> I am too particular. <laughs> she's she's the one that digs clear to the back at the grocery store. You can bet it's going to take her fucking forever to find a new car. Sorry. It's a good thing for I the, work right next door and want to hang out. For the people that have to drive me everywhere because <laughs> I don't have a car. <laughs> but, Martha, Tyler's going on vacation. So you'll starting, have his car? I'll have his car uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and next weekend. Mm, so That works out good. So does Tyler drive you to work every day? Tyler or Kaylee drives me to work every day. Martha takes uh. me to check on Echo at noon every day. <laughs> Wow, they're all nice. And I could take her home, too, because I, I work right next door, but she always has Tyler come get her. Because I don't want to wear out. I don't want to use you. Dude, <laughs> I work right next door. I know, but you don't necessarily leave at 530 every day either. You know I don't mind. I know you don't mind, but I don't want to take advantage. Jeez. I'm going to take advantage of somebody that's going to be family. I can't believe you don't think I'm family. Now you hurt my feelings. You oh, are family, but I might need you for something else later. If in your car dealings, if they decided to throw in a bonus, like say, I don't know, uh, really kinky sex toy, ovipositor. Ovipositor. <laughs> I don't think I'd want a car dealer picking out my sex toys <laughs> very much. <laughs> Oh, come Listen, on. Even I have limits. <laughs> I agree with that. You don't know where it's been. I mean, you don't it's know a car who dealer. it's been in. It might have been left in a car that they took on trade somewhere. They're right? like, hey, we're going to use this as a giveaway. No. <laughs> Put it in the safe. Yes, no. <laughs> with oh. all the dirty money. Oh. Don't want no dirty safe dildo. Oh. I don't care what shoots out of it. <laughs> My God, that's disgusting. And that's going to do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.